0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention, with your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, stimulant medication, rare and dangerous side effects. And with us in our virtual studio is the Dr. Charles Parker. He's my go-to guy on uh, this type of stuff. Uh, we're going to get into the details of the show in a little bit, but real quickly, a, a few announcements. Lori um, Depar is again hosting the Succeed with ADAP Summit. This is the 2019 version. It is scheduled for July the 15th through the 19th. There's a host of experts that are being interviewed. I'm grateful that uh, I was invited to talk about basic truths, which is a real fun and kind of insightful presentation that I give. To learn more about the program and to sign up, go to Succeed with ADHD Telesummit forward slash ATR. also want to announce that the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is around the corner. It's scheduled this year for November the 7th through the 9th. Um, it's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm pretty excited. I get to do a workshop there myself on uh, working memory. I'm going to put people into some um, some attention exercises, I call it, to simulate some stuff so they can see working memory, have a real uh, good time with uh, understanding it and, um, and and talk about how uh, those with ADHD can manage it. Um, to learn more about the conference and sign up, go to chadd.org. We encourage all of our listeners to uh, consider attending this event. Um, We're very proud of the content that we have on our show as we um, have a great show for you tonight. But the best thing about the conference, they have uh, good content as well, but it's the interaction with the speakers and the other people and the tribe, if you will. Um, So much is learned um, outside of the the presentations in the halls and uh, in the lunchroom and talking to, uh, to other people in your tribe. So, again, we encourage you to check that out. Our show tonight is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And in celebration of that, we're going to offer to give away some uh, free um, copies of Attention Magazine. All you've got to do is listen to our show. We are going to um, give out a secret word in our show a couple times. Uh, Listen to another show, write down that secret word and the one from this show, and email me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And we'll email you PDF copies of the current issue of Attention Magazine and the one that will be published next. Again, just email us the secret words um, to attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Chad's good enough. They've got a little tip that we're going to run, um, and then we'll uh, get into the meat of the show. Organization can be a real challenge for some adults with ADHD in the workplace. Set goals and create a system you can follow and put into actionable steps. Like finding time to focus without disruption,
0: prioritize important items, and track your daily success. Learn more workplace coping skills at chad.org. That's C A D D
1: Thank you, uh, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not for profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners to uh, become members of CHAD or to contribute to the organization. They're the ones that are advocating for us on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies um, so that we get um, get accommodations and our fair shake and kind of what we need. Uh, you can learn about CHAD by going to chadd.org. sign up for their benefits. There's a lots of great stuff that you get as a, a member, but, again, a financially strong CHAD is a financially strong ADHD community, and we encourage you to go check that out. So, Okay. Um, okay, our show tonight is not just on side effects, but it's the more rare side effects um, that can be dangerous, and um, we really want to bring this to your attention. And whenever I get into this, I'm always looking for it, like I'm an expert of experts, and Dr. Charles Parker and I go way back. Um, he is uh, amazing to me. He, uh, he, he The devil is in the details, and he's really, really all about the details, and I'm very excited that he's agreed to come on to our show. Real quickly, Dr. Parker is a neuroscience consultant and a child- adolescent and adult psychiatrist, is a medical teaching consultant to several Fortune 5 companies, and the author of over 460 articles published on his website, corepsych.com. And let me spell that for you. That's C-O-R-E-P-S-Y-C-H.com. He has uh, produced more than 500 teaching videos on his YouTube channel and is the author of Medi- excuse me, New Medication Rules Uh, Brain Science and Common Sense. Now, at um, Core Brain Journal, Dr. Parker interviews mind science and brain experts for the most extraordinary insights and actionable mind topics, including depression, anxiety, ADHD, brain injury, PTSD, child and adolescent development. I'm very, very, very grateful. Um, Dr. Parker has actually interviewed me on that a couple times. Um, More information on Dr. Parker and his books and his work, um, on improving psychiatric medical care can be found at three websites. The first one is corepsych.com. Again, that's corepsyc dot com. Core Brain Journal c o r e b r a i n j o u r n a l dot com, and finally corebrainacademy.com. With that, Dr. Parker, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Jeff, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's get into it.
1: Uh, Dr. Parker, I'm so grateful that you came on um, to talk about this today. So um, there's a lot of information out there about side effects of stimulant medications, but there's some that are that are not talked about a lot. Um, kind of curious, are some of these more rare side effects, are they really, really rare, or are they kind of out there but just not talked
0: about a lot? Well, there's some really rare ones. I mean, if we could just hit real quickly the ones that are just in my face obvious all the time that people don't pay attention to side effects are so relevant because as you well know from the number of people you've talked to over the years, the side effects are directly related to what the body is doing with the medication. I mean, there may be some exceptions, but it's basically what the body is doing with the medication. And the medication itself may be different. You know, for example, a person may metabolize methylphenate different than amphetamine products, for example. But That's not the issue most of the time. Most of the time, over 90% of the time, it's what the body is doing with the medication. And side effects are directly related to the metabolic rate. Now, there are other things that influence the metabolic rate, which we can go into when you ask other questions. But the very first thing that everybody needs to know about is that if you don't have an understanding of the metabolic rate expected for each specific medication, then the whole thing is just a guesswork, uh, roll-of-the-dice afternoon game. It's not, it's not a real, significant scientific enterprise where two people are engaged in exactly clear mm-hmm. target recognition and what the medications mm-hmm. are
1: doing. And when you say meliboc, Ray, is that the, the breaking down of the medication, the process in, in the body?
0: Yeah. So, for example, like just take Ritalin. I mean, it's the old standby. Ritalin immediate Mm -hmm. release should run in the range of four to five hours. Five is a little on the Mm -hmm. high side, but somewhere in there, if it's running six to seven hours, that dose of Ritalin is too high. If it's running two or three hours, there's not going to be a side effect. It's just not working correctly, and people are going to be dissatisfied and disappointed with the medication. So all Mm -hmm. of them have their own rate of metabolism, and it really doesn't matter whether it's not gender-specific, it's not, I had a guy that came in. He was XO. You get a kick out of this, Jeff. He, mm-hmm. a Naval Academy graduate, XO of a nuclear submarine. Okay, so he's and he's about six four, and he's a monster mm-hmm. big guy. Who knows what he was doing in a submarine? But the bottom line is, he comes in and he's diagnosed as bipolar by somebody in the wherever, and then we go over mm-hmm. the whole thing and by to make the whole foreboding thing, more ominous. He's got a big scar from completely across his face, which I won't go into. But Mm -hmm. So he's a very interesting guy, and he's a big guy. So I said to him, and this is what I do and what I'm recommending your listeners think about very carefully, starting the medication has to have an appreciation of the fact that no matter how big the guy is, how muscular he is, and he's not fat, but I mean fat or skinny, it does not matter... The issue is you have to find out what that body is going to do with that medication, which requires underlying exclamation point that a person start low and slow and carefully determine the rate of that body's metabolism so that the dose can be accurately adjusted. If you don't do that, side effects will be the prevalent outcome if it's too much. Now, if it's not too much and just will not gonna work and they're they're gonna be disappointed and fire you as a clinician. So
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: the first so, thing. so we
1: Everybody here, they're to This. If you go and, and just Google "Attention Talk Radio," Dr. Parker, we've done a bunch of interviews that go into a lot of uh, depth. Uh, I think we did one on drug interaction, and we talked about just the duration of effectiveness and the therapeutic window, and the, and the idea of getting with somebody. that You start slow, and you kind of work your way up as a means to this. And I've advocated forever, just because of you, Dr. Parker. If you're gonna, if you're gonna start on ADHD meds, be ready to change them. I say at least a baker's dozen time, because it takes a while to get the right dose and the right amount at the right time. Um, and, and I do that. Sometimes it doesn't take that long, but I need them to go with that mindset to know that they need to be open to that experiment and get with a physician that, that does start slow and work their way up. Um, I'm yeah, and, that and, 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 that, and doesn't you, do right?
0: cookie cutter. I mean, I think the real thing here, Jeff, is not to rely too much on a new patient coming in and saying, hey, take this 10 milligrams for a week and then go to 20, and if it doesn't work, go to 30. That is That, to me, is uh, – I'm starting to say bad words here, but it's just not the right way mm-hmm. to do it because every person is an individual. So if you're going to educate mm-hmm. a person and say, look, we expect this medication to last for four hours. If it goes mm-hmm. longer than four hours, it's not right. And If it goes less than four hours, it's not right. We have to work together as a team. This is what we do in medical practice is get the diagnosis, pardon me, get the dosage right uh, with uh, a clear awareness of what the objectives are that we're treating. Yep. Excellent. Okay, what, so when to go to break. I'm gonna come back and wanna
1: just kinda talk about some of the side effects that are out there are not commonly spoken of and we do know that they had an impact impact on appetite and sleep issues and those types of stuff but I want to come back and kind of hit some of those that not really talked about a lot. For our listeners our secret word tonight is rare. Again our secret word tonight is rare and I'm going to reiterate at the beginning of the show we talked about Dr. Parker's websites uh, but there's CoreSych C-O-R-E-P-S-Y-C-H dot com. There's CoreBrainJournal.com and CoreBrainAcademy.com and with that we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Your life. Your world. Your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out?
1: Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www dot caroline mcguire author dot com to learn more
0: transform lives as a professionally trained adhd coach at the add coach academy adhd coaching is in demand a calling and a career learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash atr that's addca.com slash atr
1: The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
2: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
1: Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com.
2: And now back to Attention Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Charles Parker having a conversation about uh, ADHD side effects. Before the break, we were really talking about the importance of the metabolism and the breaking down the meds. And when you get into this, to start slow and kind of work your way up. Do you want to talk about some things that I hear out there every once in a while? Just kind of have you comment, either debunk them or uh, just kind of comment on them. One of the areas that I hear sometimes, um, if people are taking too high doses double vision, blurred vision, dilated pupils. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Are those side effects well, of the medication? Yeah, are they, they absolutely are. And Let's take are, a moment to talk. They are a result of high,
0: too, too much medication. Is that right? I'm sorry, Jeff. I got all excited. I, I thought you were asking me the question. I thought you'd finish. Uh, by the way, I love talking to you, man. I really appreciate having an opportunity to, to answer yep. these questions. Yeah. So back to it. Dilated pupils are pretty pretty frequent. And I don't see them as an absolute, oh, my gosh, side effect. that's it happens very frequently because the meds are sympathomimetic meds, just like a person can have an increased heart rate, uh, just like a person mm-hmm. can have uh, any kind of uh, sympathomimetic effect where they're jittery. Now, all of those mm-hmm. are reversible based on dosage, I say all of most of the time, and even tick disorder, all those things have certain... Um, underlying elements that are present that that encourage them. Let's just stay mm-hmm. with the ones that are easily reversible. Yes, we should work on reversing them. Dilated vision is not something we usually spend a bunch of time trying to adjust the dosage on, but certainly if a person is having an, a clear side effect that is going to cause the patient to feel like I just can't take this stuff, it's just too annoying and too troublesome. Mm-hmm then then we should really stop it. Now, one of the big ones that we need to pay attention to and warn every patient about is, hey, if you are an adult, you could have an aggravation of a blood pressure problem. So blood pressure is an issue. The whole thing mm-hmm. that you were talking about, to really answer your question specifically a moment ago, with uh, vision changes, uh, dizziness, and all that sort of thing, those are really serious Get off the medication issues, because you know the person that those are really toxicity issues they're coming out the top of the therapeutic window there, and the dose needs to either be lowered or uh, discontinued and and they shouldn't continue with it now what I tell patients, Jeff, is if you have any side effects that are troublesome or you really uh are concerned about, don't hesitate, you don't need to call me. To stop stimulant medications, you just stop the medications. Mm-hmm. I mean, millions of people stop these medications on the weekends. Now I don't advise that, but people mm-hmm. do, and so there are not really issues with stopping the medications. The real problem would be, hey, I had this for two weeks and you didn't call me back or whatever, and uh, you know that's a whole nother, uh, more serious mm-hmm. problem. So. I think on, on medication issues that are really troublesome, the person should feel comfortable going off of them. Then we want to get into, after they go off of it, what's the cause? I mean, for example, we see individuals with a tick disorder, for example, uh, that's aggravated by a stimulant medication. Most of those individuals have significant comorbid biomedical impediments, and it could be a number of things, one that's... Uh, frequently not addressed is over methylation. I could go off the deep end here for your uh, listeners. If you want to hear a whole lot of stuff about methylation and undermethylation, uh you need to go over and listen to my my interview with doctor William Walsh at Core Brain Journal one one five. Those are there are some deeper things that can be tested for because they are biologic impediments, they're real roadblocks, they're measurable, mm-hmm. and can be corrected if you go in and do the testing. Okay. So, just to kind of bring this down, if for for, for our,
1: our listeners out there, if you have a dilated pupil, it's no big deal. Double vision or blurred vision, those are impairing, that's a really good sign that yeah. you should either lower the medication, yeah. stop the medication, or get to your doctor relatively soon and have a conversation. Is that accurate?
0: Absolutely, Jeff. You got
1: it. Then, then we have a whole bunch of other stuff that's on here that I'm kind of lumping all together: high blood pressure, heart uh, abnormal heart rhythms, faintness, and chest pains. All this stuff is going to go to the elevation of your heart rate as a result of the stimulant medications, and all those are ones that that warrant some type of consideration. I need to stop. Go talk to my doctor because those are all signs that you're taking too much too. Is that is that accurate?
0: Yeah, or that the medication is just yeah. an inappropriate medication. One of the things we see, Jeff, is in terms of uh, biochemical individuality, a person can have uh, a significant, uh, like uh, racing of their heart with vivance for example, and have none with another amphetamine product like Adderall. Or it can flip it out the other way. They have heart racing with Adderall but don't have it with Vivance. Or they might have it with Adderall, and vivance but not have it with methylphenidate. So the, the deal is not completely over if a person has one of these. The issue yep. is then trying to find out what the biochemical individuality might, in fact, tolerate if we're not going to do harm yep. to the patient by continuing it. Got it. Got it. The stimulants do
1: elevate heart rate, which is going to impact these other things that we, that we had just talked about, so that's, that's a sign. Another one that, that I, I, it wasn't on my list to talk about, but I, I think you and I talked about a long time ago, I had an individual who was taking Vyvanse. This person smoked, but when they took Vivance they noticed they smoked not a little bit more, like a lot more, and when they went off of it, they stop, and again, I don't know if you and I had talked about it, but I heard that that is a bit of an anomaly that other people have noticed, and they don't know why. Is that fictitious, or is there something to that, or have you ever even heard of that?
0: No, no. I think we probably have talked about it because it's quite commonplace, to tell you the truth, and and I wish I had an explanation for your listeners and for, and for both of us. I don't have an explanation for that. It doesn't make sense to me. And you may have another uh, expert you can bring on. I'd love to hear what they have to say about it because uh, we see it. And what happens back to the same thing I was talking about just a moment ago, they could have that business with a vivance but not have it with Adderall. They could have it with Vivance mm-hmm. and Adderall, but not have it with yep. methylphenidate. Yep. So it's not, it doesn't obviate the use of the medication. It's that, that that's an atypical biomedical impediment that needs to be adequately addressed at it. Another by, um, side effect that uh, this
1: is really this is just a myth or not. I've heard at different times rumors that uh, long-term exposure to the stimulants can cause can or have an impact to rectile dysfunction. I mean, I've heard that. I've also heard yes. that they've done some studies yes. and it's really really kind of inconclusive. Is is that just a bunch of is that really a myth or something? No, no, or, no. We know.
0: I'm telling you from my clinical experience now. We've seen it. I mean, it was a puzzle to me when it first came up because, you know, the the uh, one often hears about it with serotonin receptors because serotonin yep. has, you know, libido, arousal, orgasm, three different levels of sexual dysfunction, and all of those can occur with stimulants as well. They're much less commonplace with stimulants, but they are present with stimulants and, and uh, can be an impediment. And I'm going to say it for the third time now, it varies with each stimulant. So you know you can change the stimulant and still have. And and it's the same thing with, uh, for example, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, some some will cause it and then some don't. And you just move around and find out one that. Yep. Now it doesn't work all the time. You know sometimes a person's just plain old having a problem with serotonin and dopamine and the changes yep. don't work. But it's worthwhile to consider changing it to see if there's a possibility that you can find something that's going to work um, independent of all the rest of it. Absolutely.
1: Hey, I want to go to break. I want to kind of go through just another tick list of just some things that are out there.
0: Before we do, everyone, our
1: secret word tonight is rare. Again, the secret word is rare. And to learn more about Dr. Parker, you've got to go check out his uh, all. – he's got incredible information. Uh, site uh, CoreSite.com, that's dot com corebrainjournal.com and corebrainacademy.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages.
2: You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
0: Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash
2: ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
1: You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success
2: guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? (laughs) You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio back. We're
1: having a great conversation, very intellectual and very informative conversation. I'm at it with Dr. Charles Parker talking about rare, but uh, rare side effects of, of uh, stimulants, sometimes dangerous. Just want to kind of go through some that are out there in the literature and just kind of get your thoughts on it. One, if you're on stimulants, could seizures happen as a result of them, or is that just really fictitious and related to something else?
0: Well, that's a very, very interesting question, and it absolutely bears considerable review from the following perspective. If you look at the literature on brain injury, we have looked at brain injury since I started doing SPEC scans. I mean, I didn't uh, quite honestly know the pervasiveness of brain injury sequelae before I started brain scans in 2003. And we've seen so many individuals with injured brains. And one of the things we see is that a lot of them do have prefrontal cortical injury and comorbid use of stimulant medications, Uh, pardon me, use of stimulant medications for that comorbid condition, wherein a person has an executive function problem that is uh, oftentimes aggravated by an associated traumatic brain injury. Stimulants work very well, but here's the thing with traumatic brain injury. With traumatic brain injury, it doesn't matter whether the person is on a serotonin agent, a dopamine agent, it does not matter. They are exquisitely much more medication-sensitive. So the bottom line with that is back to our initial conversation. If a person comes in and says, I'm suffering with a brain injury, then what we need to do as professionals is get much more, even more uh, explicitly careful with lower, lower dosing to get started, to find out what that metabolic sensitivity is going to be, because that brain is a different brain on top of whatever biomedical contributory factors occur. So,
1: but then you can use it. ADHD is out there. There's all kinds of other stuff that can be there, and the combination of things can do some stuff. One thing, I, we've had a show on this about labeling. Once you label somebody with ADHD, you you quit paying attention to it. You know, Dr. Parker, I, I have this little running joke where I say, you know, think of the color red. And I'll tell the person, you see red, and they say, well, there's an infinite number of shades of red. And mm-hmm. and I say this because ADHD is ADHD, but that doesn't mean you don't necessarily have other cocktails of stuff that's kind of going on. And sometimes these things happen as a result of that unique cocktail that's there. Um, it's a very oversimplified type thing. But I do think – I learned this from you is the meds have to go through the body to get to the brain, and all bodies are different. So it's it's complex, and you have to be kind of careful. And I liked how you you made the comment about traumatic brain injury – as a part of some of this because you know, sometimes it can be a, a, you know, a bigger piece of it which it's not just ADD, which people get all blown out of proportion.
0: Did, did I misrepresent that? Does that make sense? You said it exactly right. In fact, okay. I'll go to my other commonplace thing, which we have talked about before, but some of your listeners may not have heard this punchline. But one of the things we see so often is when people have severe gastrointestinal problems. And I don't know why I use the word severe. Slap me for saying that. A significant gastrointestinal problem is if it's there and it's significant, and this is food sensitivities. And people Mm -hmm. say, Parker, you know, you're a psychiatrist. Why are you talking about food sensitivities? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I'm a gastroenterologist. I mean, it's quackery for a psychiatrist to even tiptoe into that. And I say, well, listen, I'm really referring to the work by Alessio Faisano at Harvard, who's the chairman of the – Uh, Department of Pediatric Gastroenterology at Harvard, and Dr. Faisano has written a book on exactly this point. So even people with bowel problems, and it doesn't matter whether it's diarrhea or constipation, a person can go too much, which is there's a specific Mayo Clinic reference on transit time. It should be 12 to 24 hours. I won't get into all that, but it's measurable. And if a person has and even an every other day bowel, which is not a severe bowel problem as i originally stated it's just a problem and people are like well it's not a problem no it is if you're taking stimulant medications
2: mm-hmm. and if you
0: have an executive function problem because why the medications are far more unpredictable and you're going to have chasing your you know the results through the woods without any yep. clear idea what's going on if you don't know that comorbid condition.
1: Yep. So I'm going to see if I can really simplify it. Is The digestive stuff, they're either getting absorbed too quickly or getting pushed out of the system. Again, that's really simplified, which has an impact on the stuff because it's got to go through all that stuff in order to get to the brain so that can have an impact. Um, Dr. Barber, I've got a couple others just I just want to kind of bang through real quick. One, hepatitis, is, can, can stimulants have any impact on that or is that a myth?
0: No, that's a whole other thing because what happens is, and and you know this very well because you've interviewed so many really cool people on your program here, but you know that whole thing of how do medications get metabolized in the first place? Do they go directly from the bowel to the brain? Nope, they go through the bowel to the liver to the brain. So that's mm-hmm. a roadblock that if it's not working correctly, you know it. And, and people can say, well, I just have my liver test and my liver profile, and my liver is really okay. My doctor said my liver is okay. But if a person has a significant ongoing bowel problem, they can have a metabolic rate change in terms of what the liver is doing with the medications that run up through cytochrome P450, 2D6, for example, or even methylphenidate, which doesn't go up through 2D6, but they're all liver metabolized. And so, what happens Mm -hmm. is, if a person has a liver malady, it doesn't have to be hepatitis, it can be anything. It can be cirrhosis, it can be whatever it is. If that liver isn't working effectively, that person's going to have an unpredictable reaction to ordinary, reasonable, careful stimulant medication.
1: Got it. Got it. That makes all the sense in the world. The world. Um, a few other aggressiveness. Does that all, is one of the side, five, side effects aggressiveness?
0: Well, I do have a video on this, You know, and I'm going to say a little bit about it. I'm sorry to plug my mm-hmm. video, but it's so easy. I mean, that's not, that's we should all be using the therapeutic window metaphor. Now, the therapeutic window uh, for any of these stimulant medications has sides. That's when did you give the medication, And when did it wear off? As we all know, stimulant medications are not 24-hour medications. So Mm -hmm. let's take Vyvanse, for example, which should be 10 to 12 hours. So one side of the window is 7 o'clock in the morning, and the other side of the window should be in the range between 5 and 7 o'clock in the evening. Those are the two sides. Now, you just brought up an issue of the top of the window. Now, the top of the window has very specific activities associated with it. One of them, quite paradoxically, is the fact that coming out the top of the window, the person can't concentrate as well. Now, everybody thinks, oh, no, I'm really concentrated. Well, they're so concentrated they can't do anything because their head is really <laughs> all over the place. And, you know, the issue then is – oftentimes what will happen is a person who's really kind of innocent, and not even thinking about therapeutic windows, duration of effectiveness, comorbid conditions, these really interesting questions that you're asking me, I'm just going to give them the medication, cross my fingers, and come back and ask the amorphous, rather dull question, is it working, without even telling them what the criteria are. Now, if a person does that, and they can come back and say, it's not working, well, they could be coming out the top of the window where it's not working or they could be coming out the bottom of the window where the dose was never correct in the first place. And that differentiation is important. And pardon me yep. for going so deeply into this, but that is where aggression, irritation, appetite suppression, uh, can't sleep, uh, the whole thing of being on uh, too much medication. I had a guy yep. in uh, in. In Canada, in Calgary, Canada, I bring him up quite often because he was on a mix that was on incorrect uh, Prozac and Adderall. It's an absolutely incorrect. And and I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I say it all the time, you can't repeat it too much because there's so many people in denial about this serious drug interaction. Prozac and Paxil and, and Adderall and, stimul- and dexatrine stimulants should not be given together, period. So what mm-hmm. happens is this guy's in Calgary and he says, i been. He saw my videos on YouTube. He says I've been hospitalized three times for paranoid schizophrenia, talking about aggression. And it turns out he was on something like eighty milligrams of Prozac and you know what, ninety milligrams of Adderall, something like that. I don't remember the exact amounts, but he was treated every time with additional stimulants because they didn't evaluate the top of the window. They didn't look at the aggressiveness. They thought the aggressiveness was too little, and they didn't really look at his overall picture of his uh, cognition wow. and how the medications were adjusted. Three psychiatric hospitalizations for wow. a drug intoxication that was totally avoidable if a person was using the basic foundation of a therapeutic window concept.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So I just That's uh, awesome. and, and aggressiveness would be there. Yep. Sorry. One of the themes that I'm getting from this is that, other than the heart
1: side, because stimulants do increase heart rate and there can be some issues, a lot of times these side effects are in combination either with a drug interaction or another condition in the body that might be there or just over prescribed stimulants, in which case you just back off. The good thing about stimulants is you stop taking them and next day you're, you're, I mean, they're out of your system. They don't linger at that. So if you're having a problem, just stop and go talk to the doctor. Is that? I mean That
0: is really true. Now, I'm going to say one qualifier. First of all, I want to again thank you, Jeff, for having me on to talk about this because it's amazing the denial that is present in the most forward-thinking country in the world is the United States of America. And I know because we do consultations in other countries all the time. And we know that the people in the U.S. are way, way ahead of everybody else. I mean, everybody else is so terrified they don't even know what to do with the medications, but Here in the US, we have a pervasive denial about how to use the medication correctly. And because we're chasing labels, this is nobody's fault. I'm not running anybody down. I'm trying to say something constructive here about the next step. You have to identify a problem to fix it. And there is a problem, and the problem is looking at human beings and basing them based on hyperactive and inattentive, which are behavioral appearance criteria And most people have no darn idea what you're doing when you're saying, I'm going to take this medication for whatever. What am I taking it for yep. again? Could you please? So my yep. feeling is we should be much more precise about the targets. Then if we're precise about the targets, we should be precise about the administration and the careful dosage strategies that we're talking about here, right here today on the medications. And then if we reach impediments, we have to absolutely, as you just said a moment ago, Jeff, ask the imperative question, what's causing the impediment you know we it could be brain injury, yep. it could be yep. constipation, you know it could be hepatitis. you know if we don't ask that yeah, it, question, it, it, it's real simple, we are not doing our job well you in totality, it's
1: not there, but I will have to i'm and i have to pull this together in a second, but I credit you uh. Because so much, as a coach, I don't diagnose and I don't treat, but I do a lot. People will call me up and I'll talk about their medications, and you know we'll do a log and I'll explain it to them. And so often I'll, I'll be talking to them and then everybody. It's been kind of cool over the years. I've referred a lot of people to Dr. Parker, even though he, it's out of state. A lot of times he can work with your local physician as consultant, do some things, and and people who were struggling to get it right, um, or even educating, like it blows me away how many women come to me and I go, did you know she started having trouble with your ADD when you started going through menopause? And like, well, yeah, how come my OBG went, well, I didn't know, well, estrogen levels dropped, and all of a sudden you're, the coach, we're giving this education, and all this is, I credit you for helping me because I find myself much more effective by educating the consumer on the other end to go back to the doctors, and so it's, and, and today was just one of those, another show that just. I mean, it's helping me understand this a little bit, and I hope hopefully understand the public, so we can kind of get there. So, I apologize,
0: I'm I'm really short for time, but I need to kind of close wrap, wrap this up. Any last comments before we call it a day? No, I just want to thank you for having me. I think it's a, I think this whole education thing is, I'm into it, you're into it. I think the public's going to actually change what's going on in medicine because what's going on is if the medical community stays with the superficial diagnostic criteria. Of appearances and thinks that medication can be given for that criteria, then it's going to remain a cluster until we actually make the changes necessary. And and this is one of the really profoundly useful steps. And I want to thank you for all the work that you do, Jeff, in terms of educating the public in that regard.
1: Well, well uh, coming back to you, I, you, you probably know who quoted it, but it was your stuff that I saw. There was a quote one time, the sun doesn't rotate around the earth, but without the right technology, it looks like it does. And the thing that That's i learned right. from you, Dr. Parker, is there is technology out there. We just got to use it, and it's not appearance-based. There's something a little bit deeper, and we've got to ask these questions. we got to get into the details, and I think today this is a good conversation to kind of keep us going. So with that, Dr. Parker, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it, buddy.
1: Everyone, you got to learn more about Dr. Parker. Go to his website, corsite.com, corebrainjournal.com, and corebrainacademy.com. Our secret word tonight is rare. Thanks again for coming uh, to the show, Dr. Parker. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.